This week on the Kerygma Ventures podcast, we head back to the ranch to have a thought-provoking discussion on a controversial topic, transgenderism. Our aim for this discussion is to promote a thoughtful exploration of this topic while advocating for compassion and understanding. In this conversation, we delve into the deeper issues at play and challenge conventional approaches while asking an important question. What is the church's role in addressing this matter? Join us as we explore the intersection of faith, truth, and the transgender movement. I mentioned the, uh, the fear about sending a kid to public school. I have conversation with some local Christian leaders recently about uh, where they were sharing their concerns about what appears to be a growing transgender movement in America. Mm-hmm. And their opinion, these influential Christian leaders' opinion is, if you are a Christian and if you have any sort of platform or voice, then it is your responsibility, it is your duty to stand up on a Sunday morning, let's say, or use whatever platform you have. If you're an author, if you're a podcaster, so you would fit into these categories. It is your responsibility to stand up and to your following, whether it's 50 or 5,000 people say, this transgender thing is evil. It is not of God. And, and there is an attack on God's design for male and female. And they're coming after our kids and we need to stand up. I mean, they're, uh, almost like torches and pitchforks kind of thing. Like we yeah. need to be fighting at the state legislation and the, nat- and the federal courts. We need to be making sure that we take a stand. Um, I can't explain why that didn't land well with me, <laughs> but I, I just know that it didn't. Hearing, hearing these influential leaders share their heart, um, to a certain degree, I share their concern but I'm not convinced that the methods they were expressing Absolutely. were correct. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Like, why, why, are we, why do you, on Dudley's monthly message, why have you not written a book yet? Why, at your Bible studies that you teach, are you not saying, guys, I had planned to talk about Romans today. Can't do that. I just saw this article in the Wall Street Journal about how this, trans athlete won this thing. And I'm here to tell you, we're going to talk about how evil that is. And I need everybody here to buy into that, you know, and go out and tell you, why are you not approaching it that way? Well, I do believe that, that part of being uh, a Christian and part of being a, a leader, whether it's man or woman, is to stand, uh, you know, not to back up, back off. But, but we stand Scripture says, having done all, stand. We, we stand in, in truth. Well, what is truth then in this, in this uh, situation, in this context? Actually, I do, I do a monthly message, deal with it. But here's how I deal with it. Romans tells us what's wrong with the human race. Okay. That when God created man and woman, and he made them for himself, and they were his co-laborers on earth, and they enjoyed him. He gave them the choice to choose whether they would submit to him or be skeptical of him and submit to the devil. When they did, when they did 
yielded to the devil. They were alienated and they experienced the fallenness mm-hmm. and sin became uh, uh, infected them and all of creation. And so the truth is, reality is, we live in a fallen world that's not going to figure its way out of it on its own. Okay, I agree. Okay, so we so we're living in a but we're living in a culture that says we don't need God. We don't need an external force to try to save us. We've got it all ourselves. Just leave us alone, take all the restraints off of us and let us be and we'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay, if you do that, then you are going to get really confused about everything. Because Romans 1 says, when they knew God as God, they did not glorify him as God, but they became confused. They confused the creator with the created. They confused male with female. They confused the sexual purposes of male and female. They confused truth and error until they finally got to the place where they were saying what's wrong is right and what's right is wrong. Okay, so that is the diagnosis of the human race. Okay. Okay? If you don't do something about that, the, that, that mentality is going to lead to giving all kind of new definitions to everything, which is where we are. Okay. Okay, so what's the solution? Well, I can, I can go protest in the, in the street. About transgender. About transgender. I can go down. Uh, if they're trying to pass a bill... Uh, you know, I can be against it. I can go to yep. the Capitol. Or, I, you know, if they're doing something at my school, I can, I can go, and, and I, I probably should. But if I'm not going to deal with the issue that's causing the whole thing, I'm basically just joining the noise. Fighting fire with fire. Yeah. Fighting flesh with flesh. Yeah. And, and arguing instead of, of saying... Let me tell you the truth. Uh, would you like to Would you like to know the true definition of of reality? Would you like to know what's really going on? There is one. I mean, there is there is a true definition. Mm-hmm. But if you have already precluded that you're going to reject that, then then there's not one, and so you're kind of left like a person. Who says, I want to be free? And so they take you in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and drop you and say, you're free, go. Yeah. Swim in any direction you want. It's up to you. Well, that's not a great deal of freedom. Yeah, that's screwed. what I call abandonment. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I try to answer the question from the point of view of let's deal with what God thought the problem was. God didn't think the problem was tra- transgenderism. He thought the problem was sin. So he, he did what was necessary to kill sin. How did he do that? He himself became a human and took sin upon himself and took the wrath of God and, and absorbed all the destruction of that sin mm-hmm. so that he could say to people who trusted him, you don't have to do that. Uh, so sin, the power of sin is broken through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And when I enter into his life, then I have the power. 
I still have a choice. I can choose to sin. I, I, I can choose to believe a lie if I want to. But I now have a choice to to trust a power that's greater than my willpower. So if I'm a pastor, if I'm one of these pastors who believes so deeply, uh, I mean, I, I, I met with one who who was sharing, I'm going to convene a... Um, I'm going to convene kind of a boardroom of influential Christian leaders, and we're all going to get in here, and we're going to put our heads together, and we're going to come up with a method to push back the darkness mm-hmm. and push back this transgender thing and push back the LGBT deal, and we're going to we're going to draw a line in the sand, and we're going to say, you know, that the devil can't do this to our country anymore, and and. Went so far to say as if there won't, if there's somebody that won't join me, they're spineless. They're they're not willing yeah. to stand up for what's right. <laughs> yeah. So to mirror back what I'm hearing from you, if you were to join a group of men like that and go in and you say, "All right, y'all present your solutions," you're going to slap down and say, I'm, "The gospel is the solution." Yes. I'm not saying that once you embrace the gospel and you understand the whole thing that you don't get involved in trying to help people that are being sucked up into that whole mm-hmm. thing. But uh, if you fight back on a policy level or on a law level or a regulation level, but you don't change the heart, then people are still going to be confused. It's like, okay, if I'm still the, the arbiter of what truth is, even though that law got changed, mm-hmm. uh, it, it won't be long before we'll have another Yeah. It is so interesting to me to hear some of the, like the really strong, outspoken, conservative Christians who, it just feels like we're playing whack-a-mole at this point. It's like, we're trying to, well, we got to make sure that, that, that the, that the gays don't take over the schools and we got to make sure that the trans don't, don't swim in the thing. And we've got to, we've got to get everybody, um, under the same moral, like moral code of ethics here, and make sure everybody doesn't do these egregious things. Um, and it, it it feels like they're walking around in a hayfield with a little spray bottle of Roundup spraying Johnson grass <laughs> to make sure that that the that the Bermuda looks pretty. It'd be interesting to see how many people know what you just said. <laughs> well, uh, you know, like, but the whack a mole example, like. Yeah. Well, let's deal with that, and let's deal with that. Yeah. It's like unplug the damn game. Yeah, like the the script has to be flipped. I mean, that's kind of what I hear you saying. Like, we got a bunch of people trying to trying to prune the heart when when we just need a new heart. Yeah, yeah. Sin is uh, sin is not taken care of by pushing it back. It Jesus Jesus killed it. He, he brought sin upon himself. He died. Yeah. Death is a solution yeah. to, to how, how perverted sin, how powerful yeah. it is. And, and so, yeah. So the church, the church is God's agent of truth. Mm-hmm. Paul said to Timothy, it's the, it's the ground and pillar of truth. So, so God is, it, he's got government here for structuring things in society, his family. But the church is the agency, the organism the institution, if you will, through which God brings truth. Everything based on truth will walk in freedom, will, will lead toward freedom. Everything it isn't is moving toward slavery. 
Yeah. But you have, so you say the church is the agent or pillar of truth. There are a lot of churches. Yeah. And I, I would say little C churches. You know, I understand you're saying the big C church is yeah. the agent of truth, but you have a lot of churches who are part of that body who are the ones saying, by God, we got to stand up and end the transgender movement. Yeah. So are they an agent of truth? No. No. The, the, the body of Christ that is, that is embracing his life and carrying out his mission and pre- preaching his message, that's, that's the only thing that does truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, th- there's, been a, uh, there's been an attack on the church ever since it got here because hell does not want that truth out there. Because if, if hell can just get that truth not to speak up, then deception takes over. Darkness takes over where light won't shine. Yeah. And so one of the reasons we're seeing the political activity and all is because so many in the church had bought into the idea that that's a sinful thing to do is get involved in politics and policy and education and medicine. And, you know, that's the world. And we just do the religious stuff. And that was such a wrong view of, of things. So there's been a reaction to that. Say, let's get involved. We were sitting around twiddling our thumbs while there were people strategizing about how to take over our, the mind of our kids. Yep. And uh, you know, we we just we just let the schools go and we let the government take over things that the church is supposed to. So we now let's get back in here and get back involved. <clears throat> the problem with that is we're forgetting what we were first assigned to do. Preach the gospel. Gotcha. So we're, yeah, we're coming back into the game now, which is good. Yeah. But with the wrong mentality. Yeah. So if I come back into the game, understanding the gospel, I'm not going to come be, come back in the game mad with somebody who's been through yeah. a transition uh, yeah. surgery. Yeah. I'm going to come in compassion. Yeah. Because That's that good. person is hurting. That's good. Now, that person is really hurting. Yeah. And so I need to come back with compassion about that. You know, there is a solution here. Yeah. And not not everybody is going to appreciate your coming back in with compassion or whatever. No. But it, that's where we get to show the difference. That's why we get to show that I am not an angry political activist. Mm-hmm. I am a loving, transformed Christian who's willing to suffer in order for you to be free. Mm-hmm. So... But I love you enough that I'm not going to let that law pass if I can help it. Yep. On the other hand, if you vote for it, I'm not going to kill your dog. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. That's helpful. I think that's really great. Thank you so much for listening to the Kerygma Ventures podcast. We'd love for you to join us next week as we continue to bring you conversations and messages that challenge you to live a life of grace and freedom developing a thriving relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed today's episode, would you share it with someone in your life who you know would be encouraged to hear it? Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.